Today we find ourselves in one of my foundational scriptures that form my faith. And I pray it's one of your foundational scriptures. We are in the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the 34th verse through the 46th verse. Hear these words. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? Well, the son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand and I will put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Anxiety. Anybody? Any anxiety in your life? I just came back from two weeks vacation. And let me promise you, two weeks ago when I was preaching, even though I was going, I'm sorry, we were going on vacation, there was anxiety. The places we were going to stay, I, we were taking two of my best friends and their wives. And so that meant the boys were going and so were the girls. And we were going to the mountains and we we're going to do what we love to do. And that's fly fish. And none of us had all experienced the couples thing together before. And, you know, when the guys are together, it's one thing. But when you bring the wives, it's another thing. And man, there was some anxiousness going on. We didn't we'd never stayed at the places we were going to stay. We didn't know if they were going to be soft beds or hard beds or if everybody was going to lock their bedroom and get their own bathroom. And y'all ever do that? You worry yourself to death before you ever get on the trip. I mean, I'm, I'm notorious for ruining a trip before the trip ever starts. 
Can I get an amen? Right? Because I worry about, the, I, I let this anxiousness get up in me. And, and I, everybody's got to get along. The place has to be great. The, the fish have to bite. All that stuff has to work. But we're going on vacation. No work. No church folk. You're not. <laughs> I say that in love. We're, we're going to relax. To breathe deep the nature of the world. And yet there's anxiousness everywhere we go. We drive down the highway. There's a political sign here. And across the road, there's the opposite political sign. You drive down the road and there's a sign that says, put on a mask. There's a sign that says, we don't care if you wear a mask. You go and you talk to people and all they want to talk about, political debate, racial divide, the unrest in the country, the unrest in the world. And there's anxiousness everywhere. Do you feel it? You feel it because you know what? We're not in control. We're not in control of what's going on in our lives. And it makes us a little bit anxious. Well, let me tell you, there were some people in Jesus' time who were extremely anxious. They were the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Because Jesus was preaching something that they weren't accustomed to. Jesus was preaching beyond the Torah. Jesus was preaching into the new understanding of who God was and what a relationship with God meant through the Messiah. Jesus was claiming his territory, and there was pushback. I can't tell you, even though I was on vacation, how many emails I've received, how many texts I've received, how many conversations I've been in about people trying to get me to tell them what side of the political issues to be on. What side of the racial issues they need to be on? What side of the anxiety in the world? How do they control? All two weeks, those conversations were going on in the background. All the while trying to focus on being present with my best friends and their wives. Being present with my wife in the land that we love. All the while that anxiousness is going on. And we, the people, as much as we want to try to deny it, we, we're right in the middle of it. We have a huge election coming up in two weeks. We have a, a, a country whose the pandemic is, is spreading worse than it's ever spread, according to our reports. And we have a racial divide in this country we haven't seen since the 60s. And we try to go through our life and we say that everything's all right. We try to walk in our life trying to make sure that everything's all right. But yet in the background, there's these voices. In the background, there's these text messages. In the background, there's these emails. People knowing you're gone, you're on vacation, but yet can I just have a second of your time? Seconds add up into minutes, and minutes add up into hours, and hours add up into days. And if we give in to that, we lose our focus. If we give in to giving in to the pressure of, of the anxiety in our lives, we lose our focus. And they were testing him. They were testing him because they were so anxious. They were wanting to disturb him. They were wanting to shake his cage a little bit. They were wanting to rattle that, that, that mindset that he had. Every time I would get a text or every time I would get an email, my wife would look at me and she would know and she'd say, what did you just read? We're on vacation. Leave the church. I love you, church. Leave the church where it is. 
you're on vacation. Focus on vacation. But they couldn't stand it. They had to put the pressure on a little harder because things were a little unrestful in their place. And he had already quieted the Sadducees. They tried to throw a curveball to him, asking a question about a brother who had no children, who was going to get married, and who had to take care of all those things. Jesus had already quieted them. He said, don't worry about the resurrection. There's no marriage in the resurrection. So the Pharisees said, well, that's all right. We'll tee one up. We'll distract him away from his time. We'll distract him away from what he's supposed to be doing. We'll distract him away from who, what the gospel is, he says. And there are hundreds of commandments. Please know before this question is asked, there are hundreds of commandments. So they're trying to trick Jesus. And they say to him, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And I'm sure there are some elbows and winks and, you know, we got him this time. What did we? Uh, yeah, hey, that was a good high five. You got that? That was great. Somebody texting, ooh, what a question. What a question. Where's your focus? What's the greatest? Let me see if I can rock you off of what your intent is. What's your question? Where's the grounding of your life? What's the greatest commandment in your life? What is it? I've got a friend that his greatest commandment right now is political, political, political. I mean, I, I want to block some things because the way he's treating other human beings is against what I understand the greatest commandment to say but yet he professes to be this man of God but it's all about boom and if you don't believe the way he does boom then you're not a human being but yet I have another friend who's on the other side of the political issues who says boom this is the way it's supposed to be and I'm disgusted with him too because all of them have forgotten the answer to the question Folks, we're the people of God, and we claim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we receive grace from God. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. We receive grace from God because that God loves us so much that when God formed us in our mother's womb and breathed life into us, and God called us good, God meant we are good. And our greatest commandment, if there's nothing else in your life that you should be doing right now, it should be listening to the answer that Jesus gives. You should be living out that answer that Jesus gives. Love the Lord your God, not part-time, not through text messaging, not through emailing, not through social media, not through social distancing. Love the Lord your God with all. Do you hear what he says? All of your heart. Your body can't function without your heart. It's your lifeblood. It goes on and on. It beats through your whole body. And Jesus should beat through your whole body. The love of God should beat through your whole body. And if the love of God beats through your whole body, then it's going to take charge of your actions. And if the love of God beats through your whole body, it's going to feed your mind. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. Did he say anywhere to become a political activist and say that God is not important? To say that God looks like the right wing or God looks like the left wing. He never said that. He said, love the Lord your God first and foremost in your life and let it direct your actions. 
This world has gone crazy with the anxiety that we face with all the relationships that we're in every day. I saw it everywhere I went. Anxiousness. Anxiousness because we have moved away from the center of our faith. We have moved away because we want everybody to think and act just like us. We want everybody on our side. And if you're not on our side, then you aren't worthy. We put it on our fences. We fly the flags from our flagpost. Whatever it is, I've seen the Bidens. I've seen the Trumps. I've seen everything. I've seen racial slurs. I've seen racial comments. I've seen things that don't need to. I've seen wear your mask. I've seen places where people said, don't worry about a mask. Folks, we need to be brought back to center. We are focusing on the wrong things in our lives. Jesus said the greatest commandment that you and I can do in our life is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and all of our soul. Now, I'm a fly fisherman through and through. And people ask me why I wear waders. It's because I get this deep in the water. And if my waders would come up to here, I would get this deep in the water. Because for some reason to me, I feel like the deeper I'm in the water, the more fish I'm going to catch. I can't stand to just stand in the water at my ankles because you have the whole rest of the river and the lake out there. God meant for us not to walk on the water, but God made waders so we could walk in the water. Now, my two best friends are Rookie fly fishermen. And we went to favorite water, my favorite, holy water for me. And we fished that holy water, and it was cold, and it was like we took the West Texas wind with us. And th- there were white caps on little mountain lakes. And I've never fished them like that. And the whole time, I'm getting questions What do we use? What do we do? How do we do? I mean, just question after question after question. What are you using? Fish on. Hey, Barry, what do you have on? A black ant with a black dropper, a nymph dropper. Do the same thing. You'll catch fish. Fish on. Hey, Barry, what are you using? My best friends, they're struggling. Neither one of them catch a fish the whole trip. I mean, it wasn't their equipment they were using. It's just that we were facing tough conditions in our fishing trip. I'm serious. I've never fished a mountain lake that had whitecaps on it because of the wind. I wasn't sure how to present the fly. I wasn't sure what the fish that I know. I mean, I've known them for years and years and years. I know what they like to eat. It's like I know my people of my church. I know what they like to eat. But I struggle. I caught three fish one day, four fish the next time, three fish the other time on days when normally I would catch a dozen. It was just harsh conditions that we faced every day, and you had to know exactly what to present and exactly how to present it to catch fish. It's the same way in our Christian walk. It's okay to be in those debates. It's okay for us to walk in those debates of those extremes. It's okay to to take interest in a political race, but it is not okay for us to judge another human being because they want to stand on the other side of the ballot. 
It's not okay for us to judge another human being because of the color of their skin. It is not okay to be disrespectful to other people's health when they're in the middle of a pandemic and not regard their health as important as our own health. You see, when we find freedom in Jesus Christ, when we find freedom because we understand that God loves us, God gave God's Son for us, and, and by grace we are all saved. When we find our freedom in that, then we can serve God. But if we find our freedom according to what some people in America call, I'll do what I want when I want to, that's how they define freedom in America, then we've denied everything that Jesus is talking about in the first commandment. If we put ourselves first, and we say freedom is defined by what we do and what we want to do. I mean, I could have been real selfish to my friends, right? I walked into this beautiful cabin. It's a three-bedroom cabin. Three different tiers. There's a top tier's got a loft with a little double bed in it. The main floor, there's a huge queen-size bed with a ensuite bathroom and all that kind of stuff, you know, right behind the kitchen. And then downstairs, there's another bedroom that's got a queen-size bed. And I was the first one to the cabin. And you know what the rule is? First one there gets to pick where he sleeps. I'm sorry, where we sleep. And she corrected me real fast. She said, you know, one of your friends might have trouble with stairs. The other one might have their daughter coming and there's more room in that room because there's open the doors and there's twin beds. You know, we, we could probably handle sleeping in the double bed upstairs. So, why don't you um, put your ego aside and let's let the others stay there. Why don't you think about somebody else besides yourself? You don't have the freedom in God to determine the freedom of what others need. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And the second is as great as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. The complete definition of salvation. God's grace poured out for us so that we might pour out grace for others. Do you see what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees? Love God, but in loving God, you have no right, no right to judge anybody else, to put anybody else down, because you're the one who needed grace in the first place. So why don't you walk out into the world and love others the way you've been loved by God? The second one hangs on the first one. They go hand in hand. It was so nice to be in familiar water. Because when I walked in that water, I knew I was going to catch fish. Well, my trick took a turn. In fact, it took a turn from west to east all the way across Kansas into Missouri. And I stepped into moving water. In West Texas, we don't even know what moving water is. I've experienced it once here in East Texas. Like when you step in the water and you're unsure of your footing because the current's going so fast, you're not sure if your left foot's going to cross over your right foot. 
I didn't even want to be ankle deep. And I'm a man who likes to be this deep in the water. And I found myself on the shores of this water using the same rig I used in my familiar waters. And I was in unknown territory. I didn't catch a fish. The fish in Missouri don't eat the same thing the fish in Colorado do. The water was moving too fast because I don't know how to fish a current. I was completely a neophyte in a land that I didn't know. And my focus became on myself. I got one fish to bite one little bitty old scud, and he got off before I could get him in my net. And so the next day I heard the water was going to be down and they weren't going to release as many cubic feet of water down the river. And so I decided I would get out in the water below my waist, above my waist. And I fished for two and a half hours with that little bitty bug that had caught a fish the day before. Nothing. Nothing. I was afraid to move. I was afraid to step. I was being rocked on my foundation. And a man stood across the river 25 yards from me and he caught fish after fish after fish after fish after fish i felt like charlie brown i wanted to go home i'm too shy to ask y'all won't believe that but i'm too shy to ask i when i'm in the water i want it to just be me and god and i don't want to disturb anybody else's peace and then finally i did it um sir after he had landed a fish. Um, sir, I'm new to this water. And would it be rude of me to ask you what you're using? And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, here it comes. Here comes the persecution, all the anxiety. He's going to unload on me. Why are you disturbing my fishing? Get out of my water. This is my home. I expect it all. Wouldn't you expect that? I expect, that's, what, that's the America we live in. The entitlement of our country we live in, the entitlement of our individuals that don't know Jesus. I'm expecting the backlash. And he's got this beard and he's got this long hair. He's dressed in an old tatty hoodie. I think it's crimson and cream. It's ugly. And and he says, I said, sir, would it be rude of me to ask what you're using? And he said, well, no, sir. He said, brother, I believe the river is wide enough for all of us. I mean, I'm like, okay. God, I just wanted to know what he's catching fish on. And I can't move. Because he has opened my eyes to say that, brother, I believe the river is wide enough for all of us. I believe the river has room enough for all of us. In fact, he told me what he was using, and he says, Brother, if you can wade across this water, if you can come over here to me, I'll give you a handful of it. And I said, Brother, the water's too fast and too deep, and I only know one man that can walk on water, and I'm not he. And he said, Neither am I. And I thought in my mind, You sure sound like it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And love your neighbor 
as yourself. We walk into a dangerous and trying time. What happens in our country, what happens in our world, is on our shoulders. How we treat one another, how we love one another, is defined by the one who loves us. And God is calling us to go out into this world and exercise the rights that our freedoms say that we have, but to in no way betray what our religious convictions are. God is calling us to go and make that statement we need to make as individuals who live in this country who live in this world and help fight for peace. But there is no way we're to demean another human being in doing so. We're to love one another because to take the words from my friend who looked a lot like Jesus and sounded a lot like Jesus in that river that day, brothers and sisters, there is room enough for all of us in the river. The river is wide enough for all of us. So this day, knowing who the Christ is in our lives, knowing who it is who offers us grace, let us be people who go forward. Let us cast our lines into foreign waters and let us love one another as we have been loved by God. Amen and amen.